In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. For God alone, I patiently wait. He is the one who delivers me. He alone is my protector. He is my refuge. I will not be upended. Psalm 62, verses 1 and 2. What a vision, not being upended. Although everything else in my life may throw me for a loop and I traipse around the earth being knocked by life, God alone is my mainstay. As little old me, I'm helpless. But as soon as I tap into God, I'm protected, delivered, have a safe place to go, and I'm steadied. If all my peeps are too busy to focus on me, to listen to my gripes, or to sit down and take a moment with me, I can count on God to join me in a cup of tea. I'll be patient and wait to see what will happen next. I am slowing down and once again finding God in the ordinary. It took him a while to catch up with me, but he's here now. It's a long way across the pond. Being patient is such a passive task. Sometimes I think I'm going to explode with impatience. That's the American coming out in me. I have to be patient to be patient. Hello, welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNinney. Good morning, Texans. Good afternoon, fellow Anglo-Saxons. I hope you're ready for a fabulous day. My guests this week are Ian McNenny and Shelby Cook. We'll be talking about homeschooling helps them achieve all they wanted to and what being creative, independent individuals is like for these two great guys. I'll be updating you with a continuing saga of life on a small island, broken hearts, nephews, half-day closing, dreams, being on board, and small theatres. So I hope you have your cereal and juice or your afternoon coffee and biscuit at the ready so that you can enjoy this hour with me uninterrupted here in sunny, not England. The prevailing thought this week has been, why was I brought to this place? It's not that I want to go back yet. I know when I get back, it'll seem as though I've never been away, won't it? Know the feeling? Once back in America, I'll really appreciate, in hindsight, my stay here in my homeland. So I am making a conscious effort to enjoy every moment from this side of the pond now so I can get double the benefit. Why was I brought here? See, it popped right into my head again. I mean, if God knew what was going to happen, why didn't he toss me his plan and save me the upheaval? I'd say I was tricked into cleaning out my cupboards and clearing the attic. I mean, if he'd just said, Vivian, time to go. It's time to get rid of some of your hoarded stuff. I'd have complied. Well, maybe in a year or so when I had more time. Anyway, for whatever reason I was brought here to these rainy shores, I've been wondering how I can best use my time in the mud. I might as well. No going back just yet. One 
thing does come to mind, and it has to do with church. Sorry, guys, it's our only social outlet at the moment, except for the odd contact at the front door of the flats when we run into a neighbour or when they look over their balcony to catch a glimpse of what's going on. Number three, the parishioners at St George's have the rubrics all wrong. I hate to say it, but even though it's Anglican, there's no excuse not to kneel, sit or stand at the appropriate times. The whole congregation does it, so it's in their culture. They sit during all sorts of holy moments. They don't stand during others. They hardly ever genuflect or kneel. There's no prayer book, just a booklet. And the words are all so different, so a prayer book wouldn't work anyway. In fact, no prayer book I've ever used would work. St. George's is a high church, a quasi one, I suspect. But they do smells and bells each Sunday and have a fantabulous choir who make the sung mass a live concert performance every week. We've noticed that for all the pomp and ceremony, they're very sloppy and casual at the altar. It's difficult to describe, rather like an impeccably clad Air Force officer with locks of hair escaping from beneath his cap. Almost there, but not quite. My co-collaborator Texan and I sit at the front of the Lady Chapel during the early Sunday and weekday masses and move with the inner remembrances of the well-worn rubrics from our home church. It comes naturally. We kneel automatically on certain words. We stand on others. We have our own ballet going on in the front row that no one else knows the steps to. On Wednesday, however, I did notice the priest genuflecting after a brief, brief hesitation in front of the altar as she crossed it. Maybe it'll take a year. Maybe we'll be the ones changed. Hadn't thought of that till now. But I have been feeling my age these last weeks. You'd think that without the constant reminder of my children around me, I'd be feeling younger. But I confided to my blue-eyed cowboy that now I was an orphan. I felt I was the oldest in the family. I am the oldest in the family. The baggily side of the family, that is. Well, there's my uncle, daddy's brother, but we hardly ever see him, so he doesn't count. As the oldest... The matriarch. Oh gosh, there's no denying it. I am the matriarch of our family. All of a sudden, I'm feeling old. I'm reluctantly relating to all these 80-year-olds. I keep thinking of myself in octogenarian terms, although I don't wear a walking frame or zimmer, as they call them here. Yet, I do have two in the garage, which I must get rid of before I'm tempted to bring one up to the flats. This is a strange and fearful phenomenon, that left-behind feeling with no older family member to relate to anymore. Hopefully, I'll get over it before much longer and regain that spring in my step and the twinkle in my eye. Nope, not that I've finished with having children. On that note, for the first two days of this week, I had the dubious pleasure of looking after my two energetic and feisty nephews. It had been years since I had a couple of young boys to tease and play with, and at first I was worried. I'm older now, mentally 80, remember? Can't run so fast or any as fast as my Zimmer allows, and my eyes aren't as sharp as they used to be before I started wearing glasses at 11. I didn't want to mix my frailty and their exuberance on the busy trains and streets of London amongst the throngs of tourists. So we stayed close to home and grew accustomed to each other. Boring? Well, apparently not. First off, they are completely different without their dad, my brother, hovering. Isn't that always the way? We've looked after the next-door neighbor's toddler in Garland since he was about six weeks old, and they bring him over in despair, ashamed to leave such a terror with us. And I don't blame them because he puts on a convincing show while they're dropping him off. Once they leave, he's transformed, and va-voom, enter a complete joy of a boy. So with my nephews. My brother leaves, and so do the whirling dervishes. 
Their razor scooters, an afterthought of my brother's, endorsed by me, were a godsend. We assembled the brand new one and then headed off to the garages to take advantage of the big space and get their noisy little voices away from the other residents who were at home in the block. We didn't want to be cause for tuttings from above. They raced up and down the hill, jumped over drains and manholes, stopped to smell the mint and lavender and continued for minutes honing their scooting skills. I was on watchful eye duty alone. Youngest daughter was at the airport bidding her boyfriend a tearful farewell and my blue-eyed cowboy had gone to hospital to have a well-timed shoulder x-ray taken so he was lost in action for a few hours. But the boys were having fun and every now and again a neighbour would come out with rubbish to throw away or to collect their car from the garage. Good excuses to see what was going on and I had a sprinkling of adult company when my Texan and their Uncle Lowey rejoined us we took an excursion to the market in a nearby town and walked through the fruit fruit and vegetable portion to price and look over everything edible when asked what they fancied the youngest said that ball He'd found the only inedible item on sale in the whole stretch, typical. Without his sage input, we bought loads of produce and carried it all home for a lovely lunch of strawberries, plums, kiwis, apples, nectarines and orange cherries. Oh, and ice cream to keep up my award as best aunt in the world. After an hour of digestion, we went to the park in scooting distance and there they played for two hours with an ice cream halfway through. Oops, was that two ice creams in one afternoon? Oh, more gold stars for me. As I watched them rushing from one apparatus to another, the English parks and rec folk didn't get the memo that all swinging things are mortally dangerous. I caught myself thinking, it's all very well for kind-meaning people like me to say to harassed mothers, enjoy them now, they'll be gone soon, and you'll wonder where all the years went. As I was watching my two young nephews using boundless energy and shouting, I tried to imagine them in their 20s and couldn't. My response to the well-meaning comment would be, never. Who are you kidding? It's all about the here and now. The best I could do was to mentally calculate how many minutes of watching carefully, vigilantly, continuously there are in 10 years. It comes to something like eternity. Hey, but I've done the mum bit and said the well-meaning words, and I'm an aunt now, a beloved aunt, no less. I can experience that sense of relief at being able to give them back at the end of the day, guiltlessly. They also came scootering to the library with me. Honestly, I gave them a choice, didn't I, blue eyes? They could go home with Uncle Lowey or scoot to the library with me and get a book. They both opted for the library. For the scootering, said the youngest, not the books. He's the one with the gift of brutal honesty. They both picked out books, not quite what I'd imagined. Graphic novels were their choices, but books all the same. At the end of the day, when my brother came to claim them, they graciously told us between brotherly punches and full-out wrestling in the doorway what a good time they'd had. If Malia had been there, it would have been better. I'll let you guess who said that. Well, I suppose I have to get over it, over with it. Malia's boyfriend went home on Monday amid tears and sadness and the regrets verbalised as, what have I done? She's having to start the adjustment period all over again. It's quite different being left behind instead of being the one doing the leaving. They couldn't have forfeited such a fabulous 11-day holiday to avoid the pain of separation, so we suffered through the angst and let her talk, cry and sleep. Thank goodness she has a distracting job with fellow sufferers working with her. These long-distance relationships are the pit 
kids. Their days together were perfect. They were perfect in the flat, perfect company for us, perfect company for each other. Instead of having to squeeze time together between jobs and classes, they were available to one another day in, day out. Hardly a real-life situation for anyone. So, of course, the last day was upon them before they knew it. They had a good final day, too. I'd whispered to my daughter that morning while her eyes were welling up, try to put this unhappiness aside so you can have a really lovely day. And she was able to. Bravo for her. Well, looks like I've got to go on a short break. And when I come back, I have a great interview in store for you. Hopefully, it will be funny. See, I'm putting the pressure on already. But um, I'll let you wait until we come back after this little break to find out who my guests are. So go get yourself a cup of tea and be right back. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. The Way of the Toddler with hosts Lita and Lori Hamilton is a show unlike any other parenting program you've ever heard. Zen Masters in Diapers? Yes. Join us Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central here on Toginet as we celebrate parenthood as a spiritual path for a journey to inner peace. With thought-provoking and spiritually compelling guests, each week Lita and Lori will explore how our children help us with the lessons we came here to learn, adding deeper meaning to our lives and relationships while giving you valuable gems to add to your unique parenting toolkit. Check out the website, thewayofthetoddler.com. With great humor and honesty, Lita and Lori will demonstrate how inner peace is possible even when surrounded by poopy diapers and piles of laundry, and what we can learn from the innate wisdom and natural spirituality of our Zen Masters in Diapers. It's The Way of the Toddler with Lita and Lori Hamilton. Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, here on toginet.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Craig Deswall and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on toginet.com. Craig Deswall is the creator of the Rock Star System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from the competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDuswaltDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Duswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Druggynet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. 
right, you're back with your tea. And my guests this week are Ian McNenny, a graduate of Wildflower Academy, Colin College in Plano, and the College of Santa Fe, where he majored in film and now works in his field in Dallas. And Shelby Cook, also a graduate of a home school and Colin College, and now a singer-songwriter and graphic artist. They're going to talk to us about their lives as homeschoolers and friends. They describe themselves as all-round creative guys, which they are. Having been told by their mothers they could do whatever they aspire to, they jumped into life with a vengeance. Ian has been an award-winning gymnast, a soprano in the prestigious Texas Boys Choir until his voice broke, an announcer for Radio Disney, and much, much more. Shelby has worked as a graphic artist, made coffee for a signature coffee house, written songs for famous artists, and surprised everyone by singing and recording some of his own compositions. They've been in at least 40 plays and musicals around the local area, and did I mention that one of them is also my son? Obviously, there's never a dull moment in their lives. Welcome, Ian. Hi. Welcome, welcome, Shelby. Hey, Miss McNinney. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me early this morning. Are you awake? Have you had your coffee? Oh, yes. Yeah. Sitting right in front of me. Just barely, yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, okay. So the way I'm going to do this is I will preface every question that I ask with a name so that you're not kind of jumping in there all over each other. So first off, Ian, were you aware of anything going on underfoot when um, your parents were planning to homeschool you? Or was it just kind of one day you were at school, the next day you were at home? It, it really was, actually. We, I mean, one day we ended a school year at school, and then we went through an entire summer, and then the next time school came up, we were suddenly homeschooled. It was kind of a um, kind of an all-of-a-sudden thing. So did they ask you? Did they actually tell you their plans, or did they just kind of presume that you'd be okay with it? I mean, I think, I think it was presumed that we'd be okay with it, but when they did tell us about it, I remember thinking, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense. You know. Oh, well, good. <laughs> um, what about you, Shelby? Were you aware of anything going on, or did you never go to school, or did you go to school where you pulled out? Oh, yeah, I went to school up until third grade, and it was in the second grade that my parents asked if I wanted to homeschool. And I was mm -hmm. like, school for my bedroom, sign me up. All right. <laughs> and so then the next year, there I was, uh, homeschooled, and I loved it. And um, did anything go on at school that you know about? Because sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll talk to these mums and they'll always have a story about how disappointed they were with school. And that's why they pulled their children out. Right. Yeah, I never seen there was maybe one or two teachers that I could connect with. Uh, mm -hmm. But most ones were just, gosh, I don't know yeah. how to. Uh, they were kind of distant. Yeah, they were distant. Yeah. It was robotic kind of feel rather than any kind of personal connection. Yeah. So um, did you have other siblings that were homeschooled as well? Uh, I did, yes, my brother. and uh, Your older brother. Yeah. What about you, Ian? Yeah, it, all of us, my, the, the four of us were all homeschooled, and um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you all started at the same time. And so do, you, do either of you remember missing school, Ian? I mean, honestly, not really. I, I, I guess for the first couple of weeks, maybe I, I wondered what everybody else was doing. But after that, no, I really didn't. I really never thought about public school the entire time. Well, good. What about you, Shelby? Yeah, I was the same way. I mean, there was definitely a, a few weeks and months. Maybe I missed my friends and I didn't know what they were doing. But as far as the actual school itself, absolutely not. 
Well, Ian, I, I seem to remember having a conversation with you once on the beach of Galveston where you said, I wonder if I'm doing enough, you know, and you were worried. You were worried that you weren't learning enough. Do you remember that conversation? Yeah, I do. I do. And uh, you wanted to take some tests and stuff like that. Did you ever take any tests? Um, well, I had to take the I had to take the entrance exam to get into Collin College, um, but I'm pretty sure that everybody had to do that anyways. Um, the only okay. standard testing I really ever took was the SAT, and I took it once. Uh, What's that? No, carry on. I, I took it once, got a pretty decent grade, but ended up not needing it because I was already in college at the time. <laughs> so I, it was, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah unnecessary for me to even take it. Yeah. And what about you, Shelby? Did you ever take any of those standardized tests? Uh, yeah, I, I remember my mom getting a lot of them. Uh, they weren't necessarily required, but she at least wanted to see where we stood as far as our education went. And so I did take them all. I don't even know, you know, they're all made of letters. So there's, you know, T-A-S. Mm-hmm. Essays, whatever. I took all yeah. those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the two of you have been friends for a long time. Would one of you like to tell the story of how you met? Is it the same story? Can I get two different stories if each one of you tells it to me? We actually talked about this the other day. We did. In great detail about how we met and how hilarious it was. Uh-huh. It was okay. um, <laughs> like 1998 or something like that. We were in, um, we'd been cast in Charlotte's Web, beginning of the year. And really, I remember it as we first kind of met over comic books. It was a, right. it was just our, our love of comic books, Superman comic books specifically yeah. that uh, that kind of originally brought us brought us together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, first sight, the kid sitting over there in the corner with a comic book and Superman. I was like, that's the person I want to go hang out with. It was great, and that was Ian. Okay, <laughs> so tell me again, where were you? Uh we were at our first uh, rehearsal for Charlotte's Web. Oh, that's right. Yeah, at Garland that's right. Civic Theater. Civic Theater, yeah. 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 Now, I remember seeing you, Shelby. You were juggling. Juggling? One of auditions. Juggling, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah, my Was dad is of- clowning. And uh, I started trying to ride a unicycle and learn how to juggle so I can uh, clown right along with him. <laughs> yeah. And I did for okay. a while. Okay, Shelby, this is really interesting. So tell me, you, you, you left school and you went home to home school and um, you joined your father who was a clown. Now, this just sounds really, really hilarious. So let's, I, let's I, talk a little bit about that. Circus dream. Uh, my dad's a firefighter, just to be clear. <laughs> and uh, he was a clown to teach fire safety to kids. And mm-hmm. they wanted to bring on a kid, uh, a child clown also that the kids can relate with and I was so involved in theater at the time they're like well let's just try Shelby as a clown and so I did and it was hilarious it was an absolute blast so I went through parades and all this stuff as a clown it was a a fun time in my life so you fell naturally into the role of clown right yes I I have been literally the class clown my whole life yeah yeah and so Ian so you remember that as being the first time you met right yeah, yeah, it was it was well. the first time we met and and uh we've kind of been in each other's lives for longer than we were not in each other's yeah, lives. Yeah, we've suppose. known each other longer than we've been alive. We, yeah. Really? Yeah. But half well, our lives. Yeah. More than more than half, half our lives. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Longer than we've been alive. Yeah, before we were in the womb. Yeah, well, you can tell that you learned an awful lot at homeschool. No, I'm not going to go there. Right. <laughs> All right. It's early. <laughs> 
So one of the main things that the two of you did um, when you were together, besides when we did educational and academic co-ops, was to make films. Mm. So, Ian, tell us the first film that you made together. First film I made was um, was Being Born, apparently. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you were the actual star of first, that. The <laughs> first movie we made together, I guess, was uh, officially was a, a James Bond movie. Um we made in like 2000. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we just we wrote a we wrote a story and and kind of filmed this this awesome James. Yeah, I mean it was it it still <laughs> it still is pretty great to watch. It's you know, one of our it, favorites. It's, it's adventurous and it's got a pretty good story to it, I think, and uh, and its own theme song. It does have its Queen own. Of the canal. Oh, did, that's <laughs> right, Shelby. Did you write that or was that you, Ian? Ian, that was all Ian. That Ian was, inspired the whole songwriting era of everything. Yeah, yeah. I was it was great. <laughs> it was but, great. Uh, it I mean it turned out when it was done, we showed it to everybody. Everybody. I don't think we could have been any more proud of a project. <laughs> Until Jedi Dispute. Until really. Jedi Dispute, our next film. <laughs> that was it, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so how many have Jedi Dispute? I know is like a a trilogy or something. Have you fin? Did you finish? Did you actually make it a trilogy? We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trilogy. I mean, Epic. with with a special edition DVD and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you had posters, I believe. Oh, we, right. We did. We had posters. We just we didn't have a website. Maybe that's what we'll do for the fifteenth anniversary edition. Yeah, that's it. Get a Jedi Dispute <laughs> website. <laughs> But you know, you always did it in the summer. Why are you homeschoolers? Why couldn't you have done it at any other time of the year? We ask Ian. We ask him the same thing every <laughs> time we it was, it was always the first one and the third one were done in the in the dead of summer, and oh. the second one was done in the dead of winter when it was like as cold as it could be. I think it had, it was just about to snow or something like that. Yeah. And so, yeah, we did pick kind of extreme times. I think it was because we just needed like we needed a full you know, two days to do it all. Yeah. And we couldn't really have that when we knew we had school and stuff to do, so we just decided to, or maybe I decided to. It was him. He decided. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was all my fault. Uh, to, to do it when we knew that you guys weren't going to be breathing breathing down our necks to, right. to get schoolwork done, I guess. And it wasn't just family members that you involved in these films. We had, like, the whole neighborhood come, the end would almost come in. Anybody that knew the McMinnies were filming would be there doing anything they could. Exactly. I mean, we we do. The the cast definitely grew. It was the four of us for the first one, and then we kept adding people for two and three, and then when we started making other films after that, I mean... The entire theater. It was, it was everybody, yeah. You'd run auditions, I know. I can remember you doing that, and... And and still do for for stuff. Oh yeah, we'll get anybody who wants to be involved. Yeah, um, I suppose because you did it during holiday time, you could have done um, this kind of thing had you been in a traditional school. However, we are going to talk about the opportunities that you had um, by being homeschooled that you might not have had being you know sort of in a traditional school when we come back after our break. For those of you just joining us, my guests are Ian McNenny and Shelby Cook, lifelong homeschoolers and friends. We're talking about how they're making a success out of their very creative lives. Well, we'll get to that 
in the next um, segment. We've touched on the opportunities they were able to take advantage of when they weren't changed to their school desks, like making movies. And um, they taught themselves the fine art of rotoscoping one afternoon. Actually, it probably took longer than an afternoon. Anyway, we're going on a break. Here comes the music. So come back in a minute. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairytaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen on Toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. The show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. So, Shelby, um, what were you able to do um, because you homeschooled that you would not have been able to do had you gone to a traditional school? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I think the biggest thing was to be able to do all my math homework on the trampoline. <laughs> You're <a> nut. <laughs> Okay, that's good. Simon learned all of his math facts, um, riding a bike, learning how to ride a two-wheel bike. So trampoline is good. Is good. So, what about you, Ian? Well, I mean, I think I think with I think with all of us that were homeschooled, all you know, in this this same group, it was kind of the freedom to be creative or right. pursue what we really really wanted to do. I mean, a lot of people get a chance to do that in schools and have some time afterwards to, you know, do it kind of as a, a hobby mm-hmm. and whatnot. But we were actually able to, I mean, we took 
we took one of our Bible classes, and that's the project that we decided to do for it was make a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, yeah, it was it was just it, it was the the freedom. Right. It gave us uh, freedom to explore our creativity in ways that we wouldn't be able to do while we're in school. Most people don't get to do that till after college when yep. they're finally free. Then they try to figure out what they want to do, and they got to explore themselves. Well, we had that whole uh, growing up experience to do that. Yeah. Well, and of course, you were um, guided by people who knew you really well instead of teachers who you were just one of 20 other kids in the classroom. You right. Know, they hardly knew. Um, okay, so um, the question that always um, intrigues me when I talk to older homeschoolers who are kind of able to tell a little bit more of the truth, when you were sent away to do homework, Shelby, um, what did you really do? Um. Uh, before or after my nap, <laughs> I would say I would say I don't. You know, I, I did my work. It, uh, it was just about where I did my work. I think okay. I knew yeah. if I was going to go in my room, lay in my bed, try to do homework, I wasn't going to make it. I was going to no. out. So that's where the trampoline came into play, and uh, just finding fun, creative places to uh, keep your mind occupied. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What about Ian? Well, I mean, I had to. I had to find some time to do rotoscoping for these Jedi. Right. So, you know, <laughs> it would take me, you know, three hours to do, um, to do like 10 math problems as my homework. Right. You know, that's, that's I mean, oh. you must have, you must have thought I was, I was really struggling with it. <laughs> well, the thing is, you always got everything right, you see, and never came to me for help. So I just thought you were brilliant. <laughs> Never found the answer key hidden in my room, though. So, <laughs> but you used to have the workings. You you were able to show me how to do it, so I knew that wasn't the point. You were just really clever. You were able to go in and, and whiz out your homework in about five minutes, and then you were able to do what you wanted to do. Well, I always, yeah, I, I, that's that's how I did everything that when it came to school. I was like, just get it done, and then I can yeah, spend an hour doing everything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, since you were both of you so into theater and uh, making films and that kind of stuff, did did the television or video play, um, you know, a major role in homeschooling for you, Shelby? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. It. Uh, you know, I guess another creative way of for us learning things was if yeah. we were going to memorize it better if we were making a song about it. So we'd make a song about it, or we'd make a rap. And then we'd yeah. film it, and they'd be absolutely ridiculous. But they stick in our heads to this day. Yeah, we've created words and, and sentences that we all laugh about to this day, and we know exactly what they mean because yeah. of those songs and those raps that we made up. We do. Yeah. Um, what about you, Ian? Did you have? Uh, did you ever do video courses? We we had a couple. I, I mean, we we did a um, as a co-op. We did a series on Esther. And it had a it had a, a video set along with it. Um, it for me, honestly, watching videos or having anything like that um, was a much easier way for me to learn. And I I still do it today. Shelby Shelby introduced me to this show called Ancient Aliens, and we're you know learning about the the way you know far far back history of uh, you know Egyptians and and all sorts of other things and and. All these things on this video series, it, 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 it always gave me the information a lot better than reading it in a book. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, so the experience of homeschooling kind of nurtured your love for learning, so it kind of continues, because I know you have podcasts that you download. Tell us about those. All the time. It's, oh, um, yeah. 
uh, yeah, it's, it's it's called stuff you should know, and it's um, how things work, right? Yes, yeah, from how stuff howstuffworks dot com. Yeah. Um, but it, they it, it forty five minute episodes of of two really good friends, as far as I can tell, two really really fun guys, just imparting all this wisdom that they they learned about you know how wills work or how parkour works, which is free running. How many um, muscles it takes to smile as opposed I mean, to frowning. Just yeah, really smiling, it's, it's, it's great. <laughs> and it's the, the, the different ways that media can teach people nowadays, if it's done right, it can be, it can be really, really educational and really, really entertaining and fun and, and memorable. Mm-hmm. All uh, right, Ian. So let's go to a little bit about how people related to you as homeschoolers. I know you went to college when you were 15. What was it really like to go to college at 15? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was a whole new experience, I guess, because I'd never, I hadn't actually sat in a classroom in 10 years. I mean, yeah. it, it had been a long time. Um, Ironically, within the first couple of weeks of my first year of school, uh, 9-11 happened, and so a lot of things seemed to change. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was a whole new experience because we're sitting in a classroom and we've got a scheduled curriculum. You know, yeah. we couldn't just go through at our own pace anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how, how, did, how did the professors and other students relate to you? Did they know how old you were? Did they know you were homeschooled? For the most part, no. I mean, uh, it, small groups, whenever you get into, you know, you have study partners or a, a small group project, you know, it, it might come up. But for the most part, nobody's there to, to to see how old you are. They're just there to, you know, do their mm-hmm. own their own work and get their grades. and, and, and so, so they probably thought you were really, really clever and wanted to be in your group. Right. I mean, they, <laughs> they might have. I don't know. <laughs> and Shelby, you I know you went also to um Colin College, so what was it like for you? Did you relate any better to the professors or did that come with you from your school experience of not being able to relate? Um man, you know, I think theater really prepared me for college. Mm-hmm. I I think we grew up around people older than us and adults mm-hmm. and so we developed the skills to interact with adults uh, yeah. really early. And yeah. so mm-hmm. for some reason I always had a better connection with connection with my teachers than I did with the other students in that way yeah. because I'm used to interacting with adults and they like mm-hmm. me just the same, uh, equally. So it was kind of it was kind of nice in that aspect. But you definitely get the looks as like this kid should not be in this class. He must be lost. <laughs> so you pull out the same book as they do, and they all kind of you know get wide eyed and wonder <laughs> what this kid's doing in their class. Did you but ever was- take classes together, the two of you? I don't think we did. No, I guess not. I think I took one. uh, Well, no, actually, I took two or three classes with with Shelby's brother Cameron, but never, never. We were there at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah. We were, we were. I mean, taking classes at the same time and all that, but no, never together. Okay, so Ian, what are you doing now? Now that you've um, graduated from college and you're now out in the real world, does has homeschooling helped? Has it hindered? what uh, i i definitely think it has helped um it it actually i mean it it it, it shaped me into uh, a person that i'm very confident actually in how i deal with people and how i deal with you know on a professional level um well especially on a professional level you know dealing with major studios and major executives of these big companies that i've done some work for 
has been a lot easier, especially growing up in theater, like Shelby was saying, you know, having having very close interaction with, with adults much older than us that had a lot more experience with us definitely helped, um, helped kind of uh, us understand what an adult is thinking versus what somebody, versus what a peer is thinking. Right. Yeah, transitioning to, to all that just, it, it became a lot easier because we, we'd been exposed to it in a much different way. Mm-hmm. What about you, Shelby? Did you find the same thing in uh, the places where you've worked? Uh, yeah, very much so. I actually moved out to Nashville to pursue music a uh, year back or so, and just that natural interaction again between uh, working with business professionals and adults, people much older than me, more experienced than me, it was it was easy. It was mm-hmm. talking to them as if they were my peers. You can hold your own a lot. You absolutely hold your own a lot better, and they just look at you with this respect as to who is this kid with all this, you know, conversational abilities, and so they... Uh, you stick out. You definitely stick out in a crowd. Mm-hmm. And, um, Shelby, what are you doing? Are you you say singer songwriter? Um, how how actually did you get into that? Apart from making up rhymes to help you learn, you know, memorize academic work. Man, I mean, I, I wonder if that's what got me into it. You know, I mean, I don't know yeah. if I would have had uh, the passion for it uh, if we hadn't tried it when I was a kid. And I guess that kind of all led up to me eventually picking up a guitar and figuring out chords so I can write what's in my own head, and then mm-hmm. I just fell in love with it. And mm-hmm. I met people throughout that process that were as equally in love with it and got to write with them, and now I have songs on their albums, and it's a, it's just kind of a... It all kind of fell into place. <laughs> well, and, and that's amazing, because I know when I first met you, your mom said to me, oh, we don't do musicals because neither of my boys sing. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I hate it hated the sound of my voice growing up. I did not want to sing at all. But this stinking show, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Mr. Popper's <laughs> Happy, man. She made me sing that solo. I was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But I did. <laughs> it uh, broke that fear. And I guess it uh, never stopped from now on out. Yeah. So that gave you the impetus to get out there and say, okay, I might not have the same kind of voice as other people, but I'm going to make my voice my own, which it is. It definitely uh, inspired me to explore my voice and see what I can mm-hmm. do. Well, and you're very good with words, Shelby. I, I just, you know, your, your lyrics are, are clever in the way you put them together. So, Thank you. Well, you're welcome. And we're getting ready to go on another short break. And then if you don't mind, we'll come back for about another five minutes or so. And the question that you can be thinking about... Would you homeschool your children? And what was your favorite homeschooling moment? And it doesn't have to just be one line or one word. (laughs) Okay. So um, if you want to, well, you have to. You have to come back. I'm going on a 90-second break. I'm talking with Ian McNenny and Shelby Cook about their lives as homeschoolers and beyond. They've been telling us about how they learned at home and how their homeschooling experience helped them get where they are today. So come back after this short break and we'll finish up with them. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. LinkedIn. It's a great tool 
And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady. With the LinkedIn Lady Show, Wednesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is here to show you and your business how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. The LinkedIn Lady will have interviews each week with a variety of guests, such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. Join us, won't you, every Wednesday afternoon at 5, 4 Central. It's the LinkedIn Lady Show with host Carol McManus on toginet.com. Renowned and gifted psychic medium, Sylvia Rossi, explores the mysteries of this life, the afterlife, and the unseen world that surrounds us all in the show called Make Contact with Sylvia Rossi, Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central here on Toginet. Sylvia Rossi with her special guests and other fellow psychics invite you to call in and make contact with the world beyond and get answers to your questions. Psychic medium Sylvia Rossi has been sharing her gift professionally for the last 17 years. Sylvia has made it her mission to help individuals and families understand their eternal connection to loved ones that have passed on, bringing relief and comfort to countless souls who have been touched by her gift. She's had the privilege of meeting and working with many psychologists who continue to recommend their clients to her when conventional methods have failed. Now it's your turn to make contact with host and psychic medium, Sylvia Rossi. Wednesdays at 2, 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Okay, Shelby, apart from jumping on the trampoline to do your math, what was your favorite homeschooling moment? My favorite? Man, that is, that's probably the hardest question I've ever had to answer. There were so many amazing moments to try to whittle well, give, it down. Okay, give us one. Um, I think uh, being able to go to farms and stuff like that and actually homestead heritage and actually milk cows and watch the sheep being uh, sheared, what do you call that, I guess? Yeah. And yeah. All that shearing. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, sheep shearing and pottery, all that stuff, like actually just getting to go out in the world and see these things firsthand. Yeah. We got to do that quite a bit, and that was uh, probably my favorite part. Got you away from the books. Yeah, away from the books and more hands-on. I'm a hands-on learner. That's how I've always yeah. been, to be able yeah. to actually get my hands on that stuff. It was perfect. And you, Ian? Me, I I loved being able to take school with us wherever we went. Mm-hmm. Um, we would frequently take trips to England in the middle of the school year rather than only at Christmas or in the summer. We'd go in, like, October or March. But we mm-hmm. would be able to take some stuff with us. You know, that way we didn't feel as if we had to make up a month's worth of work, you know, when we got back. We just the, – the, the tedious stuff, if you will um, – we were able to take with us and just kind of get it done in an hour each day and, and then go enjoy England or enjoy Cancun or wherever we happen to be. 
that's interesting that you say that, that um, you can take holidays outside of the regular holiday times. And, you know, that's something that is a real plus for homeschoolers to be able to do that. It is. It's, it's freedom and it's real-world experience. It's real-world learning. So it's not even as if you're, you're taking vacation. You're just moving the classroom. Okay. Um, the two of you, and uh, I don't mind who goes first, but would you homeschool your children? Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely homeschool my kids. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, I think what it did to my relationship with my parents, uh, mm-hmm. I, kids nowadays, after they've gone through school, they're, they're so distant from their families just because they're away from them so much. And mm-hmm. you spend time with teachers and other students than you do, more time than, than you do with your family. And so it, yeah. it, it separates you. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I, yeah. I personally feel as if, you know, we, we learned. We learned, not, you know, most of the important things that we needed to know about life and about, you know, the world around us from our parents. It, it, it definitely gave us a closer sense of uh, a closer tie to our family. Right. Mm-hmm. I would I want to have the relationship with my son in the future that my dad has with me yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also um, hear a lot of um, kids th- that say, well, you know, mom and dad don't know. My teacher knows more than they know. And we know that that's not true. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, um, I, I kind of think that's how it should be. I, I think parents need to have more of an active role in their, kids, in their kids' lives than just putting them on a school bus every day for 18 years is not really the way to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Shelby, was there something in particular that you learned about yourself through the homeschooling experience? Huh. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think I would have known how entrepreneurial I am. Mm-hmm. I think just having the ability to pursue things that fascinated me uh, taught me more about myself, taught me what kind of artist I am and uh, what I'm capable of by myself in this mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ian? I um, what? I I well, I learned that I learned that anything that seems kind of tedious or insurmountable is actually really not that bad once I just jump in and start it. Right. And the more I oh, okay, the more I um, the more I put things off, the worse it became until I just sat in and did it, and it ended up not being as bad as I thought it would. <laughs> yeah. So the thought was always worse than actually doing, getting down and doing it. And it usually took about two or three hours to, to panic and, and wonder how many is done when it actually only took 20 minutes to do it. Yeah. So, but it taught us well, to do it. That was the do, you have, do you have anything that you want to, um, anything in addition that you want to share with us? Do you have websites that you want us to, you know, sort of advertise or something? Oh, wow. Google's a really good one. They've got a lot of good Facebook, stuff on there. Facebook. Facebook's got a lot of great stuff on there. <laughs> uh, About you, you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. You have to be a member of Facebook in order to be able to get on there. So go Facebook Shelby Cook and Ian McNenny and um, find out what's going on in their lives. And if you want to hire them, they're for hire too. They do freelance as well as um, what? Regular work, I suppose you'd call it. 
Sure. So yeah. we've come to the end of our time together. It's been wonderful chatting with the two of you. I've been chatting to Ian McNenny and Shelby Cook, both homeschooling graduates who are working in their creative fields. They took different paths to success after school. And we talked about how their experiences at home were instrumental in providing them with the tools they needed to follow their dreams. We discovered that flexibility made them all-round creative guys, which they are, and they've had a busy quarter century, resulting in a wealth of experience both on and off stage. I hope you enjoyed listening to their chatter this morning and thanks again ian and shelby for sharing your accounts of a full never boring homeschooling life with us this morning hope you have a great friday okay and safe weekend always bye 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 Bye. thank you well last week i was talking about dreams and um I told you that um, I had asked my parents and my brother what their dreams were, and I was surprised by their answers. Well, my handsome Texan and I have been fortunate enough to be able to follow our dreams. And at the moment, we're doing exactly what we want to do, no nine-to-five for us, which at times I imagine I'd prefer because of the security of a steady paycheck, but not really. We dreamed a lot at Wildflower Academy, and my children naturally followed their dreams. They took me at my word. I told them they didn't ever have to do anything they didn't enjoy. Well, they may have to do some unenjoyable things in the process of living their dream. For example, mucking out barns at the zoo is not always an enjoyable task, but my youngest son loves caring for his hoodstock and takes the responsibility seriously. Changing nappies all day can be daunting, but my daughter loves the reward of children hanging off her and faces lighting up when she enters a room. Painstakingly editing raw footage frame by frame can be mind-boggling, but the end result is a work of art for my oldest filmmaking son. And taking dance classes every day, all day, can hurt the body, causing it to groan and creak. But if it means my youngest may eventually perform on stage as a professional, she thinks it'll be well worth the pain. My children have the brains, the youth, the enthusiasm, and the constitutional right to pursue happiness. This pursuit of happiness sounds selfish, doesn't it? But it is a right, and in our family, it's a healthy, wholesome activity too. Just because we follow God doesn't mean we're boring or miserable. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean we have to go to seminary or become nuns. I know some homeschoolers will deter their children from entering markets they consider too secular. But do you know Hollywood is a mission field? You know that as a family, we worked in the theater, and we witnessed in the strongest way available to us by being a family, by enjoying working together and accepting everyone around us without judgment. Two of the career paths my sons have chosen are typically non-Christian, but they still love to debate the meaning of life with their professors, peers, and colleagues. My zookeeper son has been interviewed by college reporters several times who exclaim about his exciting and interesting life. Actually, last week he gave a presentation for Colin College in Plano, Texas, about himself. How cool is that? And how his alternative method of education was not hindered or intruded on his image in the least. I think you heard that point reinforced by my guests earlier. He won't have mentioned God once, not because it's a secular school, but because he didn't have to. His whole being will have radiated something special, something unique, apart from the word homeschooler, which carries its own set of baggage that we're trying to shed, most of the reason I do this show. And if people do discover his beliefs, they'll nod and say, I knew there was something different about him, apart from the homeschooling bit, I mean. They'll say it in an admiring way. He's living his dream. Are you? Well, 
While Malia's boyfriend was here, we went to visit her college town, Leon C. My blue-eyed cowboy hadn't been. You wanted to see what he's going to be paying for with his hard-earned cash. There were four of us traveling, and I was able to try out another of the mysterious facets of England's public transportation, a family group pass. The tickets, four of them, cost a little more than one return ticket. We were told we had to stay together, so each time we came to the ticket-eating machine, we were denied passage and had to go to a station master and pass through his gate so he could count us. A minor inconvenience for such a major saving. The seaside town was as beautiful as Malia and I remembered, and the day was actually sunny, but surprisingly not busy, which is really odd when the English are on holiday, which they are at the moment. My cowboy and I browsed the antique shops, and Malia and her boyfriend went off to the sea and bought fish and chips. We had a lovely day, took lots of photos, which happily do not exude the dreadful smell coming off the beach where the tide was out. Far, far out. The fishing boats were beached and the seaweed was stinky. We met Malia's future landlady, Jane, and toured the house where she's going to be staying. During our chat with Jane, we discovered that her au pair, who returns to Paris in a few days, has fallen in love with an English boy and doesn't want to go back. I wouldn't look over at Malia and her boyfriend while this story was being told. dum dee dum dee dum I also found out why the town wasn't that busy. Broadstairs would have been heaving. It was half-day closing. Can you believe it? A seaside holiday town in the middle of the summer, still closing at one o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon. A lot of family shopkeepers unwilling to let go of tradition. My cowboy said, I've never heard such a thing. But I reminded him of all the surrounding villages and broadstairs that still close for half-day, especially family-owned businesses. Oh, yes, he said. I forgot. Well, on that little note, it seems as though I have drawn to the end of another lovely hour with you on this cloudy afternoon here in England. So I'm going to wrap up until next week. And this evening, we'll be off to the Jolly Woodman, our little local pub, for me to have my half a pint. And then we're going to have Indian takeaway from a lovely little place that we found where the man actually takes the orders and goes and cooks it all fresh on the spot. So we have to order like an hour in advance. Tomorrow, we're going up to town for the last day of an art exhibit, cleverly called Not the Royal Academy. Perhaps we'll visit a friend. Um, without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband, who believes in love at first sight, our four children, who are the result of that belief. I miss you three in Texas. The hardworking staff at TogiNet Radio, my guests Ian McNenny and Shelby, and you, my faithful listeners. Listen to my friend Sandy Fowler on Mondays at 1 and Ali Lepree this afternoon at 5. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on 